You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is sponsored by Clean Juice, a certified organic nutrition and wellness bar with more than 100 locations in development in 16 states. Learn more at cleanjuice.com. Welcome to episode 22 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Tia McNelly. I'm Michaela Hooper. And I'm Jess Biondo. This week, we have Jess's daddy. Yay! Steve Biondo, who is the president of the Tim Tebow Foundation, you guys. Mm -hmm. That's why we have him on. I mean, he's awesome as my dad. Yeah. But he's going to talk a lot about the work he's doing and how he got there and just the way that God... Um, has woven every part of his life together to get him to where he is now. Yeah, And there were so many parts that he shares in his journey where he never would have foreseen what God mm. had for him um, and just how to be faithful in the waiting and how to just activate God's vision for your life, even in the waiting. That's good. Yeah. Well, so. here it is, guys, our interview with Steve Biondo. Hey, Dad, welcome to The Collected Podcast. Hey, sweetie, it's good to be here. Um, so you are not on today as my dad, but you are on as the president of the Tim Tebow Foundation, um, among the many other things you've done in your life. And so I just wanted to start by giving our listeners a chance to get to know you and your background of where you've come from. Um, so first, how did you meet Jesus? Ah, so that's a, a great story. I'll give you the short version. So... Um, raised in a traditional, very religious family, and, and we believed in God, we believed in a resurrection, we believed in Jesus, we believed in a virgin birth, but we didn't understand the dynamics of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and it was really a works mentality, and so so that was kind of like the first 16 or 17 years of my life, and then during high school, um, a group of young men were gathered by one of our teachers. And this guy uh, got us together on a weekly basis to share with us the gospel, his Bible studies, and just talking about things that were relevant to life of young men. And he really began to articulate the story of the other guy on the cross. So it was a guy that looked at Jesus and said, you don't deserve to be here. I do. You are Lord of the universe. You are king. Um, I see you as Lord when you enter your kingdom today, will you remember me? And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And it was the power of that story. There was no works. There was no um, uh, mediator between Jesus and that other crucified man. It was, I believe you are Lord. I know I'm a sinner. Enter into paradise. And I just began to understand this is a very personal relationship. This is about uh, faith and it is by His grace that you're saved. And it was through that mechanism and that powerful, beautiful story that I was able to enter into the kingdom. Wow. That's amazing. So it's a sweet thing. So I was 17 years old when I gave my life to the Lord. Come on. That's good. Yeah, a little later in life, but um, and then I went off into college right away, and I was kind of pre-med at the time, and uh, I didn't have a real strong theological underpinning to defend my faith amongst really was a really strong evolutionary humanistic um, uh, college. And so it was just like trying to defend my faith by brute force and big smiles. And that didn't work. 
And so when I was done, when I was done with college, um, I took time away to go to graduate school and really begin to develop the reason for the faith that I have. So be able to give a reason for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And so I spent two years in seminary, got a master's degree and, um, never have uh, regretted that. God used that to point me in a direction, train me up and prepare me for all kinds of wonderful leadership opportunities within um, both business and in, um, elements of not-for-profit leadership and local church. Wow. Yeah. And so you mentioned you started out as pre-med, um, but spoiler, you're not a doctor. Um, <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> what happened in your life? Talk to us about your career path, because mm-hmm. this ties in so much with just who God created you to be and the journey He's led you on um, to get you to where you are now. So where did you start? So, you know, I loved the idea of um, of medicine. So I, I spent the time uh, during college as an EMT and, and just doing work within a local hospital in Albion, Michigan, where I worked. We were working in physical therapy labs. We were working on the on the floor. Um, uh, and certainly I was a part of an ambulance crew. So I was loving that, but it was this component about being able to defend my faith that called, called me into graduate school. And during that three-year period of time, I needed an income. And so I worked for a local grocer, but in the warehouse. So it was a big, sophisticated operation. And uh, so I was going to graduate school and working. Met your mom at the time. So it kind of all worked uh, importantly together. Needed to be a student. Needed to make an income. I needed to be a new husband. And, but working for this organization, I really began to look at this concept of leadership. And I had a really remarkable, godly man who was my supervisor, and uh, I just really admired how he led us as a team, how he communicated, how he integrated his faith into all of his life. There was no sacred and secular with this gentleman. His name happened to be Steve as well. And uh, so I was just a normal worker bee, you know, working uh, a normal second shift, and but watching Steve lead, and it really began to intrigue me. So after graduate school, um, the organization um, up in Michigan called Spartan Stores invited me to move into supervision to lead other people. And I jumped at the opportunity. I really wanted to lead others. And uh, so I got to begin to lead the team of men that, it was all men at the time, I lead the team of men that I was actually working alongside us. So, so working from a peer to a leadership perspective is really challenging. But that organization really committed to training me up in terms of leadership and to set me off to school at a couple of places around the country and constantly pursuing this idea of how do you lead, how do you influence, how do you serve, how do you do strategy, how do you do organization development, how do you develop culture, how do you develop teams, how do you get the most out of uh, a work environment, how do you create systems so that organizations can be successful. So all of that really translated into me pursuing a degree, um, not a degree, but additional learning in the area of human resources, culture, organization development, strategic planning, and got to move up in that organization. And uh, just that was the beginning, watching a man lead, setting a great example, and it inspired me to be um, pursuing a leadership in business uh, course of service rather than the medical sciences. Wow. What a gift you were given from that man to, you know, to be able to... Um, be aware of the fact that, you know, we actually don't have to separate sacred and secular. You know, yeah. there's, um, we, you, when you said that, I was like, wow, like, I think that happens so often. And we, I, I don't, I don't even think we're aware sometimes. <laughs> no. Um, but to me, that's really powerful that you were given that gift. And it sounds like you've, you've continued to operate in that awareness um, yeah, so that it, the two can be, 
work together. Amen, amen. So, I mean, so key is, is, is what I've learned from Steve and what I learned in my faith journey, but there is, there is no separation. And, you know, I've used different words over time, but the word I'm using today is that in all of life, no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, uh, we're called to be Christ-exalting. So it's an adverb. So mm. it's just the idea of being Christ-exalting in all things. So if you're brushing your teeth, be Christ-exalting. If you're carrying on a conversation, be Christ-exalting. If you're working today in whatever you are doing as you're teaching, um, as you're leading your yoga class, be Christ-exalting. And it really is so compelling. It's a great framework by which to be a great witness, to love well, to serve well, to let your light shine, to put back the darkness. But, so it's taken on many different forms in my life uh, over the last 45, 50 years, whatever the number might be. Um, but it, You're 60. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> Just calling you out. That's a good reminder. But nice I reminder. love that at in your upper fifties, like sixties, you are still going to new places with God, and yes. He's still giving you new opportunities. And um, so, what would you say? What is a surprising door that God has mm-hmm. opened since you've walked out this mantra that you that you're sharing with us? Yeah, so a really surprising door that he closed, <laughs> but it turned into be a huge opening. Mm-hmm. I was an executive with Family Christian, a phenomenal organization, uh, retail stores all over the United States, and just a phenomenal place to serve. And it was really working hard to help people find, grow, share, and celebrate their faith in our stores. And then we had developed a foundation that I was privileged to be the president of, doing orphan mm-hmm. care, widow care, anti-human trafficking around the world. And we were called to it. I mean, I knew that we needed to be in Grand Rapids as a family. I knew that uh, the 4,000 people that worked there, every one of those was called to serve in this organization. And and without exaggeration, every one of the people, for the most part, also knew that they were called to serve there. And it was a real calling. Well, it it was because of the effect of Amazon, the power of the Internet began to decline, and our owners decided to shut it down. So a closed door in 2017. Mm. And, um, but that put us into a place, my wife and I, to a place where we just rested in who God was. And we really learned to understand He knows, He cares, mm-hmm. He is sovereign, He is good, He is faithful. And this attribute of His character, which I really never contemplated, but He can only do that which is good for us. He can only do that which is good for us. Mm-hmm. And His Word, of course, tells us that. But we began to really learn to wait on Him, to surrender everything to him that it's about his kingdom not mine it's about his agenda not mine it was just a great so he closed the door to open up this amazing learning about who he is Mm. and the fullness of his provision for us and then to wait and wait and wait we ended up waiting uh, for about 10 months before the big opportunity the open door with the Tim Tebow Foundation was opened up but he gave us this sweet thing after a season of learning the depth of his character the the depth of his provision, the power of his sovereignty, and that he's over all things, not just some, he's over all, yes. and that we can wait and trust, and that he will produce um, in us the best outcome. Sometimes they're hard, but also it's always the best. Mm-hmm. Well, and I saw you and your wife, my mom, um, <laughs> in that season of waiting, and so many opportunities would come up that seemed like a great job for you. But then for some reason, they, they would just f- fall through or it wasn't right. And 
uh, you know, from my perspective, it was like, why isn't this working? Because I see how amazing you are. Mm -hmm. But then to know in hindsight, like what God was waiting, like what you were waiting for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God had something far greater. Far greater, far greater, far bigger, far better fit. And, And so he gave us those little provisions, those conversations, those interviews with other organizations to demonstrate he's working, that he does know, that he does care, and he is he's up to something. Mm-hmm. And in each of those, there were also important steps, because ultimately the way that I connected with the Tim Debo Foundation was through a headhunter who promoted me in front of a very big company, and I came in second. And it wasn't mm-hmm. that I was supposed to get that job, it was I was supposed to meet this guy. And this guy became my advocate, and then he was hired by the Tim Debo Foundation to do their president's search. And so God had made a provision almost like five months earlier before the time right. I had to meet, uh, before the time I had the opportunity to com- uh, compete for this role in the interview with Timmy, um, this this man, and uh, that was God's plan for he and I, this guy and I, to fall in love with each other, to respect each other, and become my advocate. And uh, He presented me well to the Tim Tebow Foundation, and God knit the rest of it together. Wow! I somebody I just believe that's for somebody today, like what you just shared, because when when you talk. There is a um, such an, a confidence and an awareness of God's goodness and His faithfulness and His sovereignty. I mean, you you said that a couple of times that in the waiting, you could see glimpses of God working, and to to almost like hold, you know, stay, be steadfast, like don't um, don't lose sight of the fact that God is working and he's working constantly and he's working in the waiting and he sees the process and he's preparing far before, you know, we could even think or imagine. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we look back and it's like, oh, this is how God I see now, you know? But Mm -hmm. I think what I hear even in your story is there's, there was this awareness as you were walking it out that God was doing something and you were you and your wife were just holding fast to the truth that God is good, he's faithful, he's sovereign and he's he's up to something good. And we saw so, that every day. And of course we reminded amazing. ourselves, yeah, we reminded ourselves of that every day and then I surrounded myself with you know, my kids and my advisory group and people would pray us through all this. But here's the other profound thing that we learned, so profound. So, you know, the circumstances of life are up and down, hills and valleys, peaks and troughs, white water and calm water. It's just, you know, life is rough, but it's got smooth points. It's got points of great elation and success. But if we put our, if we, if we suggest that our relationship with our Lord and our Savior is dependent upon those ups and downs, it's really going to be a rough ride. Mm. And he gives us this freedom every day to just trust him. And no matter about the circumstances, up and down, high and low, the calling that we have every day, regardless of circumstance, is to go love God and love people. It's to put the interest of others ahead of our own. It's to put our confidence, trust, and faith in the sovereign God of the universe. Yeah. It's to it's to yield um, our own ambitions to his perfect plan. It's to look up and know that our hope comes from him. So we got this powerful opportunity through a really low point, one of the most challenging points in my entire life, to go, wait a minute, my identity in him is certain. My calling hasn't changed. Today, be Christ exalting. Today, go serve. Today, put the interests of others ahead of your own and just wait on me. And then it was so powerful and so freeing, and it is now the daily mantra. Regardless, you know, my 
circumstances today are way improved. But that calling is still the, the same calling that I had when it was really, really difficult. And that is a powerful and free place to live yeah. um, in this powerful relationship of just relying on your Father, knowing your calling, no matter what, will not change. And He will not change regardless. We are so honored to be sponsored by Clean Juice, who is actually the fifth fastest growing franchise in the United States. They have 50 active locations with more than 100 in development right now. Come on. They're in 16 states. That's you guys, incredible. they just started doing yeah. this in 2016. Ooh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Jess, what's your favorite? Okay, so my favorite uh, acai bowl, because they do juices, they do smoothies, but their acai bowls are amazing too. They are. Mm. And when I just need a little taste of summer, Mm -hmm. I go to the beach bowl. Oh, yeah. It is so good. It has the organic pineapple, toasted coconut, granola, banana, almond something. (laughs) It's just so good. Everything's organic. Love it. And it just makes me feel like I'm in Hawaii. Mm, I love that. Even in the middle of winter. That's awesome. And Mm -hmm. it's healthy. So you can actually download the Clean Juice app Mm -hmm. and see everything that's on the menu. And that will give you a way to pay and earn rewards. So go ahead and download the Clean Juice app. So if you have yet to check out Clean Juice, find one nearby and just go and get a delicious beverage or food, treat, whatever it is. And you can find them on Instagram at at @cleanjuice. We haven't even talked about um, TTF yet, the Tim Tebow Foundation. So tell us about the work you're doing now and just how it incorporates all these different things that make you come alive is like perfectly situated mm-hmm. in this one job that that I'm surprised even exists. Like it blows me away that you're doing this now. Yeah. So, so, you know, for the listeners, um, mom and I, Chris and I, we share the same email inbox. So it's just a great accountability. And so she saw this email come through from the firm in Atlanta where that was my recruiter. And it said, Hey, Steve, take a look at this. We think it's the greatest job on the planet for you. And so, Chris read the email and it had all these really crazy elements of the of the job description. But she came running out of the house. She goes, Dear, I just got this note from the guys in Atlanta and the job description is amazing. It's complicated, but it's like God has prepared you for the last twenty five years for just this job. Wow. And I said I said, What is it? And she goes, It's the president of the Tim Tebow Foundation. And I went, Really? There's gonna be so many people going after that. And she simply said, Hey, what have we learned? Who's sovereign? You are God. And Ooh. I said, dear, I get it. You're exactly right. And so... You know, wise woman. Come I know. On. Very wise. Very wise. Straight <laughs> yeah. up mom. And she did great. And oh uh, so we, we got involved and there were a lot of people that were competing for it. Um, but when Timmy and I met, it was clearly an appointment. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I was in love. I didn't know much about the Tim Tebow Foundation. I just, I didn't, um, but they operate, we operate now in this space of orphan care, anti-human trafficking, and then ministry to special needs families and their children, regardless of whether they're newborns or children all the way up to 80 years old, they're still in a family. So that's our focus. And we really execute that um, all across the globe. And we have some real powerful ministries that are movements of the Holy Spirit. And the biggest one is actually coming off this week. Um, when this announces, it will have come off. So when we run this show here, it'll be after Night to Shine. But Night to yeah. Shine is this, yeah, Night to Shine is this movement of the Holy Spirit that is bringing churches into um, hands-on service to special needs families and their wonderful, wonderful kiddos. 
And it's uh, it's an event that happens one night a year around the world. This year it's going to be on February 8th. 656 churches, 24 countries, and it's just growing at a God pace. And so we're trying to keep up with it. The beauty of it is it's a, it's a single event, but it's an on-ramp. It's a beginning place for churches to meet families with special needs and to serve them on a single night. But what it does, more importantly, is it transforms the relationship between that local church and all those volunteers and those special needs families. And God's using that connection to call churches to serve families on a full-time basis. And that's the power of this night to shine, of us getting in close contact with special needs families and their kids. And we really believe Jesus modeled the way. Here's the truth. There are 34 miracles recorded in the New Testament. We know there are more, but 34 were recorded. Of the 34, 20 very specifically of those 34 were miracles for the afflicted, the lame, the blind, the deaf, um, those mm-hmm. who were in some way, shape, or form physically what we would call special needs today. Well, Jesus modeled the way. So if we want to be like our our pattern, like Jesus Christ, we, the church, must be in this place where we're serving the afflicted, the special needs. And churches are getting excited about this all across the globe, and our ministry, Night to Shine, is um, being used by the Holy Spirit to bring that about. But that's just one aspect of PTF. Uh, it's it's way bigger. Um, we are involved. We have a hospital in the Philippines. Um, Timmy does wishes all across the year. Um, we have adoption assistance that we're involved in. We're building a camp for special needs and typical kids up in the Poconos Mountains. We start mission trips in 2019, later this summer and fall. Um, we've got um, extraordinary um, components of special needs going on in Central America where we're bringing together an alliance um, of really strong faith-based providers who are in the special needs space, but because there's so few within Central America, we're bringing them together to equip them, to get them strong, and then to ask them to train others within a 100-mile radius of their center of excellence. Um, we've got um, a Shine On, which is a how do we equip churches to really enter into full-time special needs ministry as a local church, and we've got 12 partners from around the world, um, excuse me, from around the United States that will help in that initiative. Um, then we do anti-human trafficking in Southeast Asia, and we're expanding in that arena. So we're just called to spread faith, hope, and love into these dark places. We've got an incredible leader in our uh, our namesake, uh, Mr. Timmy Tebow, and he is just passionate about fighting for those who can't fight for themselves. He's a remarkable man of God. He is Amazing. increasingly competitive toward the gospel, to wanting to get light into dark places. Mm-hmm. Bring love, bring pure love, mm-hmm. um, without any politics, without any concern for any of that stuff, but to bring mm-hmm. pure love wherever we can. And we really are um, able to do that because of so many great partners who, what we call family members. We have like 22,000 mm-hmm. Team Tebow uh, family members who underwrite us financially, who encourage us, who pray over us, and who serve with us side by side. So that's our I- short story. That's the executive summary. Yeah, Yeah, that's so amazing. I mean, so I love that you guys call the people that are coming alongside of you family members. Um, Just, you know, that's so kingdom, like just wanting, wanting people, giving them tangible, a tangible experience. Yeah, we want to be a catalyst, fire starters, I guess, what you call it, to to spur things toward um, faith, hope, and love in action especially in the, in the space of orphan care, special needs, and anti-human trafficking as much as we possibly can. And again, it just help people get from the stands onto the playing field. You yeah. know, move from comfort into courage. Move from fear into faith. Um, don't worry about 
you know, safety and self-indulgence, but let's go after these kids. Let's go after those that we can make a difference in. And truly just um, calling up, helping encourage folks to bring their, their courage forward, uh, to not worry about their comfort zone, but to bring courage out and to go touch a life um, in a simple way. And we have a mantra, and here it is. There are no small deeds in God's economy. Just begin Come to move. On. Go ahead that. and build a relationship. Go ahead and yes. share the gospel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, when this episode airs, Night to Shine 2019 will have already happened. But for people listening, how can they jump on board for 2020 and get one started at their church? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So we would Mm -hmm. love to see over 800 churches in 2020. So you go to our website, um, and on that website, it'll say, as a local church, uh, apply for Night to Shine 2020. We have a pretty um, simple but it's a very complete application process. And uh, we help fund these. Um, we, we, we fund them on a kind of a graduating down scale. First year, you get a bunch. Second year, a little, little less bunch. Third year, not so much. Fourth year, you're independent. So we really are, again, being a catalyst, starting these ministries, helping them financially, but then launching them. So we kind of encourage, equip, and then release local churches to get after this. So, yeah, we need more churches. We actually need more internationally. So hopefully you're block your uh, podcast gets heard internationally, um, but we welcome churches from all over the United States into the family of the Tim Tebow Foundation and Night to Shine. Um, and we will put a link to that in our show notes so that people can link right over to your site and see how they can get more involved. You betcha. Glad you could do that for us. Thank you. So, Steve, would you share with our listeners just some practical ways that you tend um, to your heart, mind, body, and spirit? Like what are, you know, again, practical ways that you do that on a day-to-day? Oh, sure, sure, sure. So um, it's, a, it's a big word is surrender, but surrendering the fact that my, my body belongs to the Lord, my spirit belongs to my mind belongs to the Lord. And, and as such, we have to steward those carefully. And that means just different things. You know, so physically, I want to stay healthy so that I can serve. It's like move to serve, stay fit. So that no matter where I go in the country, in the world, I've got the ability to use this body to touch people's lives spiritually. You know, how do I, how can I be Christ exalting um, in my, in my spirit? So understanding his word, digging into it, operating against his truth, reminding myself of the key principles that he and I are working on right now talking to him regularly. It's like, mm-hmm. man, he and I go running together. We lift weights together. It's just, we, we walk through the woods together. And so it's just enjoying the relationship, being honest with him. Um, and then, you know, like you would with any relationship, work on it. And That's then, good. you know, the, the just mind, intellect, read. Oh, man, I read anything I can get by John Piper. Love the dude. <laughs> you know, and, and we all have our favorite authors, but, you know, whether it's Peter Chan or, um, I'm assuming Francis Chan or, um, you know, in leadership, Peter Drucker, um, you know, if it's Louis Giglio, um, Tom, um, uh, yeah, uh, Keller, what's his name? Is it? Yeah. Tim Keller. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We, we do need to develop our intellects and to gather knowledge mm, so that sure. we are able to defend our faith. We're able to communicate in, in really strong ways, um, the, the power, the gospel, the hope that we have. Ooh. Amen. Mm. I am so excited to meet you someday. Like I can't wait to meet you too. <laughs> hearing you talk, your passion for the Lord and the things that He puts before you, and you're an activator. You just clearly like grab hold of the reins of whatever God has put in front of you, and you're like, here we go. Let's do it, Lord. 
And well, we, we, um, we learned it from we learned it from our kids, like Jess. Yeah, right. <laughs> no joke, man. I, know. Hey, awesome. I learned it from you guys. You taught us young to just go where God was leading us. Mm. And then you gave me the freedom to do that when it was to, you know, a war-torn country. (laughs) You didn't hold me back. That's a whole nother conversation. But how do you surrender your kids? And once, you know, once mom and I learned, you know, once you you can surrender your kids to the Lord, you can surrender anything. That's just the hardest thing to do. It's a huge discussion in the church. It should be anyway. Because we tend to want to hold on to our kids and grandkids and think that they belong to us alone, and we kind of make our decisions in and around their world when we should be surrendering them to the Lord and letting Him lead. We just steward these beautiful resources. Yeah. But in a whole other topic. Yeah, <laughs> well, we should have you on again for I that. <laughs> Before yeah. you go, what is the final thing you would like to leave our listeners with today? Um, I, you know, it is that. That's just that major thought. I mean, it's such a powerful principle to. Um, be Christ-exalting physically, be Christ-exalting spiritually, be Christ-exalting intellectually, be Christ-exalting emotionally, and, and be Christ-exalting socially. And I think we forget about that one. But you know, all, mm. of us, all of us need to be pursuing personal holiness socially. Um, and there's just a narrative in our country where you know we, we just let our guard down and we don't look that different from the community in which we walk, but we really do need to be pushing back the darkness and minding our, uh, our behavior socially. So just be Christ-exalting socially as well. And each of us will have to determine with the Lord what that looks like. But if yeah. we could be whole people, people of integrity, Christ-exalting on all five of those dimensions, uh, that would be my challenge to your listeners. Wow. Mm. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much. You bet. It's my great joy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Jess, we have such a clear picture of where your fire and awesomeness comes from now. (laughs) Right? Wow. He is a very passionate guy and just has instilled that in us. You know, at the end there, he mentioned, like, his kids, maybe one of them. um, And he just raised us to be globally minded. And so Mm. when... I decided to start traveling and go. He's like, well, I guess I can't tell you no. Yeah, that's great. Because <laughs> you're doing what I do. I'm that's like, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. And he's an activator. Mm-hmm. Like, that was something that I, you can hear in his voice. I mean, that's part of his passion, but you can hear in him the sense of wanting to activate things, mm-hmm. um, be activated himself yeah. by the Lord, mm-hmm. but also activate things for other people. Mm-hmm. And, that I mean, how awesome! Like working at the Tim Tebow Foundation and all the things that he talked about, he was doing. They're activating so much yeah. in other people all around the world. That I mean, they're giving people space to mm-hmm. to be empowered and yeah. to be activated. And I was just like, oh my gosh! Like, but it Steve. takes someone doing that for yes. him, right? So, like, if you back up to when he was seventeen years right. old, yeah. right, working in the loading dock, loading trucks. Mm-hmm. Someone took mm-hmm. the time and energy to pour into him and to mentor him. Yep. And so it's, you know, we, we, when we look at our full story and we recognize our purpose and, you know, see how we're walking, we recognize both the sta- shoulders that we've stood on yes. to get where we are. And we take care of the people who are standing on our own shoulders. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's that, um, it makes me think of that, that saying like, your ceiling is somebody else's floor. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly had that 
in his mm-hmm. life. Yep. And now he like he's still moving forward and he's still growing and he's still, you know, being I feel like his territory is continuing to expand. Yeah. But he's also giving people room to do this. Yeah. Thing, yes. Which is awesome. I love it. Yeah. What a blessing to be able to talk to him, Jess. Thank you for the introduction and for making that connection for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Go dad. Go dad. And yeah, everybody check out what the Tebow Fo- or Tim Tebow Foundation is doing because it's incredible work mm-hmm. and they're, they have their hands in a lot of different issues and trying to just put an end to injustice of all types, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's orphan care or putting an end to trafficking or helping kids with special needs it's mm-hmm. powerful stuff they're doing so yeah. we'll link to it down in the the notes yeah, for sure all right folks we will see you back next thursday have a great week thank you for listening to the collected podcast be sure to subscribe rate and review and if you like what you've heard we'd love it if you would help spread the word check back here for weekly episodes dropping every thursday You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. Find the Collected Podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Collected Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive contests, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNally Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry, and Michaela at The Creative Space NC. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. Support for the Collected Podcast is provided by Clean Juice. Learn more at cleanjuice.com and be sure to check out their lifestyle arm at wellhappyandkind.com. Podcast recorded by Jacob Early. Music by Asaf Alon.